0: Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez and this is Ellas. Hello. I hope you're all safe and sound, and if you can, staying at home. I'm starting this episode differently. After all, we're living in a different time and a lot of change is occurring. I want to know how I can help you during this moment of crisis. We're all going through the same big obstacle and I know that together we can overcome it. AES is all about reminding you that you're not alone in your journey. If that's by having a certain guest on the podcast or me asking specific questions, Maybe it's just sharing the ways how we all are taking care of ourselves during this time. Please let me know. For many mujeres out there, I know that your professional career might have been affected or changed because of the coronavirus, and in many ways that also disrupts our personal life. So I'm here for any questions, doubts, or concerns that may arise during this time and in the future. I'll make sure to bring you valuable tips and advice on every episode to help you Continue your professional journey. Because remember, si se puede. And I also want to start every episode sharing what you have to say about AES. So, a lovely listener left a review. It's actually from Carreto underscore Beck. And Rebecca actually screenshot and sent this review to me. And she left a five star review. And it says, empowering and inspiring. I've listened to two episodes so far. The anniversary episode, number 27, and the interview with Karina Martinez, episode 26. First off, congrats, Brenda, on accomplishing one year with ella. Thank you for sharing your personal story with us and for being vulnerable. You are a blessing to so many women out there. Your voice and platform is helping so many other women out there feel seen, heard, and understood Keep going, love, and a heart emoji and kiss emoji. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for leaving that wonderful review, and I'm so happy that those two episodes just made you feel that way. Honestly, the previous episode, twenty seven, the anniversary episode of AS, was really scary for me to record because it had been the f- it was the first time for me to record by myself and just opening up to you and sharing that part of me. You know, not a lot of people know that and find it amazing that you connected with it. And yeah, the episode with Karina was amazing. It definitely lifted my spirits when I was talking with her. I was really sick the previous weeks before the interview and just meeting her and talking with her just really reaffirmed why I'm doing AS and this motivated me on to continue on my path of making a into a media company and finding, really focusing on the questions that I need to ask of how I want to grow this. So I'm glad that also helped you. And if you want to leave a review like Rebecca, remember that I'm doing a giveaway. And the only requirement is to leave a review let me know what you think of AS, any episode, and I will randomly choose a winner. But in order to do that, you have to submit the review on Apple Podcast. Screenshot that review and email it to podcast at gmail.com. That is The Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know your name. That way, I can know once I choose the random winner, you can win your goodie bag which will include a lot of goodies from previous guests on here originally i had said that the giveaway would last until april 7th due to the coronavirus and everything changing i have decided to extend this giveaway so the updated date will be april 25th so you have plenty of time to leave a review and send it over to me And I'm looking forward to what you think. And now let's go to today's interview. I had the pleasure of meeting and talking with Rita Bautista, a fellow Latina podcaster, during my time in Orlando when I attended this year's PodFest. Now, I do apologize for the audio quality. We had to do it in my hotel room. And if you've seen the behind the scenes of the interview on a guess instagram on a the podcast you can see rita and i surrounded by so many pillows so it wouldn't sound too echoey but the audio isn't the best as previous episodes but it's still good this episode was amazing it was the first interview after the one year anniversary and Rita and I just really connected and found a lot of commonality because we both produce podcasts. We both are so passionate and proud of our community and want to help our community. So I definitely hope that you find joy and some commonality in this episode. So let's begin. For joining me for the 28th episode today, and I'm really excited to do this episode. I'm currently in Orlando, Florida. It's the first podcast conference that I've ever been to, and it's been amazing the connections that I formed and the people that I've met, the keynotes that I've learned, and it's all to grow a yes, like I mentioned in the previous episode. And one of those connections that I'm really honored and happy to have formed is with today's guest the amazing Rita Bautista.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your show today, Brenda. And I wanted to say congratulations for making it to the one year. Thank you. It's such a huge feat, especially with podcasting, because for those of you who are out there listening and understand that the podcast community can be so grueling at times, not necessarily because people aren't supporting you, but really just because of the amount of time it takes to create content, edit it, upload it and market it and all these other things that go along with podcasting so I'm really excited that that you've made it to the one mile marker
0: thank you yeah and like I, I I have said in the previous episode you know it's it takes a lot out of your self-care and that's one of the things that I want to improve on with 8yes is yes provide that love to the podcast but also focus and loving myself and knowing what times I can dedicate this full time, because it's a full time job doing a podcast. Oh, like, you absolutely, know. yeah. <laughs> but before this, I really want to introduce Rita as she deserves, because you're going to be just amazed like I am. So, throughout her diverse professional life in the industries of nonprofit, government relations, and healthcare, Rita has learned that the keys to success always lie in the power to network and connect to industry leaders. Like, hello. She's still doing it now, of course. And after beginning her Women Empowerment podcast, Empowerment and All That, which is an amazing podcast, I highly recommend it. I listen to it while I'm getting ready and to work and going back from from work. She has quickly realized there was a lack of connection and representation in the podcast arena for Mujeres Latinas. Tell me about it. And this immediately fueled her fire, and she launched the idea of creating a Latina podcaster's community. Rita is now on the mission to amplify the voice of Latinas who podcast, connect them with resources, and plug in the audiences of those who love to listen. So, I want to say this: I was, I first knew about Latina podcasters, and it was also co-founded by Nicole Hernandez. You gave a shout out to ellas in like, I believe the first days, and that was. I want to say, I think it was, like, my first few months. Mm-hmm. I was alone doing A.S., and I I had that drive to continue doing it, but I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this alone. And then you shouting out A.S. was like, fuck, someone is listening to A.S. Yeah. I, of course I need to continue on doing this, so yeah. thank you.
1: Yeah, oh, my God, that just gave me chills. Like, you have no idea. I think that's also one of the biggest reasons why it's so important for us to – find a basis in this community. Uh, podcasting, as you saw today, right, at these at, um, PodFest, uh, is growing to become such a massive community. And the one thing that we have as Latinas is the power of our voices. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't stay quiet for anything, so... <laughs> and you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you know, we have nat- we're natural storytellers by cultural connection. And to continue to develop... Ourselves and to empower each other to do this and continue to do this is really one of the biggest missions that I have. Um, You know, I know when I'll have somebody reach out to me through Instagram occasionally, and I actually think that Instagram is such an awesome um, connection tool because that's really what I use to start finding Latina podcasters. But when I have somebody who reaches out from, like, Puerto Rico, which I just recently had someone... And she was like, oh, my God, I listen to your podcast all the time. I tell my coworkers about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody's actually listening. Right. It's always that feeling of like, wow, somebody is actually listening to what I'm putting out there. It's not just like whatever. And like, you know,
0: you're not speaking out to a black hole. Right. Yeah, Because
1: that's what it feels like sometimes. Right. You're just like, "Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to listen, you know. But then all of a sudden you have people who give you that like little spark of energy to continue going. And you're just like, wow, it's not about me. It's about the audience that's listening and the audience that's connecting to me. And what I think is so beautiful about your podcast, about everybody's podcasts in our community is that we're so diverse, but yet we get pigeonholed into one specific area and it's not fair so listening to everyone's podcast whether it's a mainstream concept or you're connecting to community mm-hmm. or you're connecting to games like you know we met Danny, Danny Pena today who or this weekend who is one of the largest gamers in the in the world right now in the podcasting industry and he's a Latino and you know like had I not had started to continue to con- to connect with the community and want to amplify the voices and, and you know talk about the great things that we're doing you know I wouldn't have connected to all these people and so like it's it's just been like somebody kicked the door open and it was like Rita this is it we have to keep going on this everybody needs it people the audiences need to know that Latinos are out here content creating yes. in so many different arenas and I think the other thing too is, is when you bring attention and awareness to this the ability of somebody taking advantage of you becomes smaller Yes. And so, you know, I, I got to see this firsthand with my cousin. Um, her name's uh, Rocio. She's Risa's Rizzo's. And I remember, well, still to this day, she's a content creator on YouTube. Um, and she deals with the curly hair community. Mm-hmm. But just how the the people who reach out for their campaigns yeah. or whatever, just like the horror stories that I've heard, not just from her, but from other people in, in all minority communities, of just how they kind of take it and they're like oh, okay well they don't know anyway so I'm just gonna offer them this and they'll take it and sometimes they do and I, for me I kind of want to alleviate that situation for as much as I can right I, I want to be able to empower the world but like I said I can't you know I have a little niche where I can start and, and if we can all work together to ensure that the industry moving forward is protected and that we all are working on this together then the opportunities of that actually happening become smaller and smaller.
0: Yeah, and I, again, thank you, because really as... When I created AGS was because I, I wasn't finding these stories of these diverse women that were accomplishing their professional goals, you know? Mm-hmm. And I also didn't know this network of Latinas like me that were doing podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it was so... It's, it's really... It's inspiring. It's like I don't feel alone mm-hmm. having this connection, and this weekend I've really felt. I was like, "Oh, okay, you feel the same way," because obviously we are happy when we record when we do the content, and then there's moments where you're alone and you're like, "Am I really doing this? It's like, is anyone really listening?" Mm-hmm. And then when you we all connect, it's like, "Oh yeah." You know, we're meant to do this. We're meant to empower our community and uplift them. And I want to ask you, like, were you always like this from the very beginning? Did you always want to uplift our community? Did you always want to unite Latinos? Mm -hmm. Because obviously your background in healthcare and everything, but was it always like this?
1: So it's really interesting. I think that life takes you through a journey. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite books is The Alchemist. Um, And it'll take you through a journey. You start as a child being brought up in a specific foundation base. And my mom was very hardcore about making sure that I learned Spanish, that I connected to my Honduran culture. I was dancing Sique and Punta and, like, eating these baleadas con mi, you know, banana tropical. And, like, there was nobody that could tell me that I wasn't Honduran, which I think is really interesting because I'm 30, 35, I'll be 36 this year I don't know it doesn't matter long story short (laughs) you know you start off and you're like in this space and nobody could tell me that I wasn't Honduran Mm -hmm. I thought I was just Honduran and then I would travel to my mom's country and then that was almost like this uncomfortable feeling at times because when you go there you're not like Hispanic enough or Latina enough or Latinx enough um or Honduran enough enough, right and so then you come here and then it's like in this space you almost have to like whitewash your identity and your culture in order to fit in and to assimilate. So I just thought I was 100. I literally thought that that was just my identity. That was like what I would check in everything. I'm pretty sure I like screwed up on a lot of paperwork when I was younger in school because that's just who I thought I was. And then as time goes on obviously you start to learn all these different the different terminologies and then it became Latina and then it was Hispanic and then it was now we're in a space where it's Latinx and I accept all forms of identification that anybody wants to have but I think for me personally we get to a point sometimes where you're like how many more times are we going to get re-identified just for people to know who we are mm-hmm. when we know in our hearts who we truly are and that's all that's important to me. Yeah. So, um, So it started off that way and then Um, as time went on you know most kids rebel against their family and then I went to college and then it kind of started to continue to whitewash it down and down and down and then eventually you get into like different communities and environments and you're like okay why associate better here and I I used to identify pretty well with the African-American community just because it always felt like there was somebody more accepting especially Mm -hmm. the down south Um, and so you know However, however time went on, I just wasn't really like, not that I wasn't focused on it. I still was doing whatever with my family and all that stuff. And it was just like, it's funny because I did a submission for potential speaking opportunity. And the prompt was, how do you identify or like what, what allowed for you yeah. to create your space of Latinidad in this, con- in this country? And I was like, sports. Sports was the way that on Sundays, my family could still be loud. We could still yell together or whatever. And in our space, it was our community within our family to still be able to be who we were because we knew as soon as we walked out of that door, we had to quiet it down. Mm-hmm. Our personalities had to be, you know, kind of like corporatized. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, it's unfortunate because I've heard these stories from a lot of people, and so it becomes more of like this okay, now how do we create this and we empower people to not be afraid to be who they truly are. So so yes, in a sense, it was something that started in me from the mm-hmm. beginning. My mom, like I said, she was always involved in community stuff and made sure that we knew who we were from the beginning. And, you know, as an adult, you feel like something's missing and it was basically my reconnection to the community. So I'm actually, yeah. oddly enough, I don't really talk about this too much, but I need to because... Mm-hmm. It's such an amazing community. I'm actually um, in a sorority, which Mm -hmm. is Hispanic-based, but is a multicultural organization now because we expand to so many countries just in the origin of the members. But I'm part of Sigma Lambda Gamma, National Sorority Incorporated, and love my sorority sisters to death. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think I've always known in general, like, the connection to community is important. Unfortunately as life progresses sometimes you separate yourself but then for some reason life brings you right back to where you were to begin with.
0: So being part of that sorority was the moment that brought you back to your community. And not well not only were you proud of being who you are as a Honduran woman with your families on Sundays, but Was it through that sorority
1: then? So that was the beginning of the kick the door open kind of thing, you know. I mean, I think it was a little bit of everything. I think it's the fact that my mother was so passionate. I think it's the fact that that passion was transferred down to us. The fact that I love balayas. Like, I mean, this is just, like, all these little things that now, and I say this over and over again, like, I love the new generation of kids that are coming up Mm -hmm. because they are just, like, so open with their hearts. They... They want to connect to community again. They don't really care what you think. And to me, I'm like, I love that. Like, yeah. maybe I was born in the wrong, like, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a millennial, but, I, you know, I love these kids that are coming because they have it right. They have They have that no fear mentality of, I don't care if my parents are from here. I don't care if I'm an immigrant. I don't care if I've done X, Y, and Z. I'm still just as human as you are.
0: Yeah. So after going through all of that and then reclaiming and being proud of that identity mm-hmm. that you are and what was going through your professional life because mm. you changed paths mm. was was it always I know we always have this idea of like where we want to go mm-hmm. in life but obviously life pushes pushes little bumps there and then yeah it changes it so can you share with that
1: yeah um, transition. So I went from my trajectory. I took a long time to graduate from college. I actually graduated ten years in ten years, but I would never take away from my journey. I initially was in um, hospitality way before. Mm-hmm. I was a a management. I was in management for about ten years, and then I went back to school to finish. And once I graduated, I got into the nonprofit industry um, with jazz. Uh, And while I was doing that, my whole life, I've always been extremely politically inclined, always involved in the community, stuff like that. And so the advocacy allowed for me to switch gears and go into what I've always wanted to do, which is lobbying. Mm -hmm. And um, with the political climate, the way that it is right now, and living in a conservative state like the state of Louisiana, you start to notice that our voices are not always meant to be heard our voices are not necessarily meant to be protected and um, unfortunately we have to do things when we're working in different industries to quote unquote fit in Mm -hmm. or be part of that industry and I got to a point where I was just like you know what this keeps giving me bad vibes and I'm huge on like listen to your intuition if your heart is telling you something go with it because there's nothing worse in this world to continue going against what you believe and what you feel in your heart only to end up miserable in the end
0: can you share those moments what what if it's yeah. allowed those moments where your, your gut re- feeling was like telling you you know this isn't the place that yeah you're meant to be
1: so I was lobbying for the home building and light construction industry, mm-hmm. and it took a while for people to really trust me and to know that I didn't have, that I had their best interest yeah. at, at heart, not mine, um, because I was representing a group of um, men, like all men, white men who are all GCs. And don't get me wrong, that experience is basically what's allowed for me to not have any fear now because they don't they don't work in a space where they have fear, which to me was like, wow, it's very scary, but really empowering at the same time because you're like, if they move and shake like as if there's no fear, then that means that this fear that we think exists really doesn't. Yeah. So that experience allowed for me to see behind the veil. I got to understand politics. I understand how policy is written at times for people who believe that it's in their best interest but it's not mm-hmm. and it's being controlled in so many ways that you will probably never understand and
0: what you said right now it's a double edged sword you move in the, in the, in the world without fear mm-hmm. and that is an empowering thing but that's also terrifying when you don't let fear hold you back and you make decisions that affect other people's lives that's that's scary, like, you, so, from that situation, you decided, I, I can't be part of this anymore.
1: Yeah, basically, I mean, there was, there was something that got a little bit more deep, mm-hmm. um, from there, that I, I was in, I was in an experience that I would hope nobody ever gets put into, I mean, I was in a room full of people, and somebody dropped the N-word, and I was the only person who was not white in the room, mm-hmm. and, and, what I tell people is like whenever you're in a situation like this not not don't over empathize. I was shocked. I I didn't say anything. I was like completely paused and I was just like what just happened? Like I'm completely confused as to how adults at this point can maneuver in that space with no awareness of who's around them. Yeah. So that just means that that's embedded in you as a person. And You know, I didn't say anything because I was shocked, but at the same time, it was the last straw for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can no longer be in this space. For some people, they would have used that as an empowering thing. For me, I felt powerless. I felt like my voice was gone. I felt like, where have I gotten? I'm a person who naturally is very vocal, who speaks out, who is empowered, who does have no fear. And I was paralyzed in that moment. I didn't say anything. It took for another person to like, you know, call it out. And I was just like, wow, this is insane. You know, and so I knew that that wasn't my space.
0: And where did you go to find your voice?
1: So I quit. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I didn't quit. I I put in my notice because my boss was an amazing person. He was an amazing human being. Unfortunately, some of the people were not but that has nothing to do with him or the organization in itself. Like I said, there was a lot of positive things that came out of it, but there were a lot of dark negative things that I would choose to never go back to again. So, you know, here I am 2015, 14. I had already started interviewing for positions, and unfortunately the jobs that I, was, that I thought I had, because I, I put in my notice and I went to Europe to go watch the Ravens play with my cousins, and they're like, so let's get this straight. You put in your notice. We're in Europe. You have no job to go back to. And I was like, I said, you know, here's the thing. Like, I know I can do cons- consulting. Worst case scenario, I know the hospitality industry. I yeah. can go wait tables until a, a new job comes back. Like, that's the one thing that I love about my family. My mom always says this. El trabajo no deshonra nadie. So, like... If you're in a space, that's the one thing I could never understand about people when they're like, oh, I lost my job. There's nothing else for me to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You can pick up trash. Yeah. You can clean houses. You can go do, you know, clean, go a, clean a bath. Do whatever it takes. Yeah. In the meantime, like those are jobs that you can take that our families have done. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. none of this is going to make you any better or any worse. If anything, you pick up some amazing skills while you're doing that kind of stuff because it humanizes you.
0: And I feel like, and I think this is coming from our background, mm-hmm. but I feel like Latinos, if a financial crisis comes along, they'll keep working. It doesn't affect us. Mm-hmm. But for other, and I'll say this, mm-hmm. people that are in power, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Because they can't place themselves to work those jobs. So you obviously come from that mindset of like, a job is a job.
1: Yeah. It really is. It doesn't
0: matter.
1: You know, I think one of the things, too, is, like, I wasn't really brought up having this concept of, like, my mom wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. Like, the main con- the main yeah. things that most land parents want us to be. But I wanted to, but at the same time, I was like, this isn't really, like, I'm just going to work that. I never was like, I'm going to be a lawyer as a profession. Mm-hmm. I always used to say, if I go to law school, I'm not going to practice law. I'm going to use that to lobby like that was the like everyone was like why would you spend x amount of dollars to Mm -hmm. go you know to law school um but I've never looked at a job as a career to me I just felt like I was never really connecting in that space I felt like my mission was always going to be something else involved in helping people I just didn't know exactly where um, and I think I finally found it. But, <laughs> but
0: yeah. And yeah. Did you... Was that moment where you came back from Europe? Or...
1: No, I, no, that moment had happened probably right right as all this stuff was starting to yeah. unfold and I had left my job. And when I come back from Europe, so it's always funny, right? Like, everybody has this, like, downturn. Come back from Europe, I don't get the job with the company that I thought... I mean, I was, like, super confident that I was going to get this job. Then the second... And these are all lobbying jobs, but mm-hmm. in different industries. Excuse me, the second job, I had flown to Dallas. I'll never forget this. I flown I flew to Dallas. And ladies, because I'm on this microphone right now, I'm gonna tell you, do not settle when it comes down to money negotiations. Don't take less than you deserve. It doesn't matter because the right job is gonna come your way. And so what happened is I flew to Dallas, I got the job, I did my research. I countered and they pulled the offer off the table because they said they never thought they would be able to make me happy and I was like all right I guess I'm just not employable like it (laughs) like it was I just thought like somebody was you know cursing me I'm like what the hell is going on you know whatever and so I start picking up contract jobs at that time and luckily I've just always been able to you know like I said do stuff where I'm not afraid of taking a job until something better comes along. So I never really worried about that. And um, while I was getting to this point, unfortunately, like, um, right, like a year before that, my grandmother had passed away and she was like the, she was my star, my moon, my light, everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was, I think I was still struggling through that plus this. And I kind of started diving into like a depressive mode. Yeah. Um, and that's really scary, right? Because you, you never know if you can come out of that space mm-hmm. or how to come out of that space. Um, luckily, you know, like I said, I, and I always go back to this, the, the one thing that I appreciate the most about my relationship or in the things that I got from my mother is, like, the strong mind, a strong heart will always make it out of anything. You know, like, you can literally see the light, but you have to. It's all about that mindset. Like, you have to believe that this is not the end. Um, And so for me, I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. So I took a trip to Houston and I was going to go to law school. So I start like interviewing for law schools. I'm like, God, I don't want to go to school again. You know, like I'm done with this. Like this isn't like podcast learning interests me. You know what I mean? How relationships can connect that interests me. Learning about that stuff interests me. Sitting down to read a book about laws does not interest me anymore like and the thing is you know I mean you, you yeah. continue learning about yourself so I get to I get to Houston doing the interviews and stuff and I was just like oh my god all right we're gonna go to law school like whatever luckily the day before I was leaving to go back to New Orleans which was Mardi Gras day which is like my favorite favorite day in the world best holiday ever if you've never gone to New Orleans you have to go but um And it's a different experience when you live there, but I'll leave that for another podcast. But uh, anyway, you know, and then my friend calls me and she's like, hey, one of our mutual friends is hiring, which is now how I get into, I pivot into like um, sales in the marketing for healthcare, which is where I'm at now. But uh, you know, um, I appreciate the industry. It's very different. It's, um, It's given me a lot of insight on the healthcare industry where we are as a community, how this imp- impacts us. I mean, I, in all of these roles, I've been able to see how the community is impacted and how, you know, decisions that are taken are influence, right? Yeah. How influence can really change the trajectory of things for people.
0: And then while you're still in the health co- care industry... Currently, yeah. How did you discover podcasting? So... Because that is your passion. That is I am extremely shine. passionate
1: about podcasting. And, you know, I feel like, you know, meeting people like you mm-hmm. and, and everybody else that I've met along the way just reminds me that we all do have a space in this world. And sometimes your community comes out of starting a podcast for whatever reason. But I had been thinking about starting a podcast, as most people, for about a year. And I was afraid to launch. But not afraid. I went, afraid wasn't the right word. I needed to make it easy for me Mm -hmm. because I knew that I wasn't going to quit my job. This podcasting thing was just going to be a hobby. Like still to this day, I tell everybody, I was like empowerment and all that is always going to be just that podcast. Like I don't want sponsors for that podcast. I I want to leave it as pure as it can be because I feel like the message is extremely important for whoever's listening to it. But the other podcasts that I'm working on – are, that's something completely different. And they're more niche and, you know, different um, things, purposes for other stuff. And y'all will hear about that later on. But, um, yeah, I was at a friend's house. I, I had discovered the Anchor app. And I hate to, like, continue to promote them. Not in a bad way, but because um, now that I've been contacted, you know, now that I'm, like, with other people yes. who are like, no, take it off. It's a free site. You never it's know. It could go best. down. Yeah. And you need to know your analytics and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, information overload. Okay. So, you know, and recently now I I do have an engineer, an audio engineer who I'm going to be working with now. And as I continue to grow resources and connections, like now I can afford to have, you know, these luxuries that at first you don't as a podcaster when you first launch. So to me, I don't down anybody who wants to launch a podcast on a free app. I say if that's what's gonna make you pull your band rip the, rip off the band-aid, go ahead and try it. See if you can get to episode five without getting burnt out, then you know it's time to move your your podcast from a free site onto an actual paid service. Cause at that point I think once you start actually investing money into something, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate it so much more. So yeah, my podcast started, I was at my girlfriend's house and her and, well, it was all all three of us, we were all there and um, she was like going, she was going through like a breakup and we didn't know what to do to get her out of that feeling and so I was just like, okay, well, you know, there's this podcast app and this is in May, by the way, we're June, July, August, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Nine months ago, I launched a podcast and this is where we are now. Wow. Yeah. So it's. The trajectory
0: it's, has been like.
1: Yeah. Really, it's Yeah. Good. It wasn't even like one, two episodes. And it's like I said, my podcast, I love so much. It's empowerment and all that. Mm-hmm. And whether that podcast gets 7 million downloads or just two, the fact that I love it so much that I will still hit record and I will still contact people and I'll continue to promote it, even if it never gets like the fandom that it should or shouldn't. That doesn't matter to me, and I think that that should be the way that mm-hmm. most people approach most things in life. I'm, you know, I've gone to like millions of like self help things and all this other stuff, or like even business coaching when they tell you like you should never do something because of the money, and that's a hundred percent true because mm-hmm. when you're chasing something as um, emotionless as money, it doesn't come to you that way,
0: and it doesn't come
1: easy. No, it doesn't the moment that you take a step back and you focus on your purpose versus money, all of a sudden it just, like, overloads and you're flooded with just everything, relationships, opportunities. Like, people start looking at you for how to connect to other people, and then you start, you know, doing these connections to other folks, and you want everybody to have the same abundance and the same connection that you have. And, you know, I... Want to say that I'm blessed because I met you, because I met Hilda, because I met, you know, I met the woman today from Pod Hive. You know, like I, I feel like the moment I shifted from that concept is when everything just kind of like moved out of the way and was like, life. all right, here it is. This is what we're gonna do, and it's just like looking at life through a whole different lens.
0: So, let's talk about those complications in terms of podcasting. Mm-hmm. I know after November you stopped recording mm-hmm. and then you, you picked it up again yeah. so let's talk about that yeah. because I feel people really think you just record and it's like you upload and it's like super easy and but doing a podcast is it's, it's full-time mm-hmm. job like we said and it's hard and then but we also have full-time jobs that mm-hmm. pay us and we have a family we have friends
1: And self care.
0: Yeah, and self care. Can you tell me what happened?
1: Yeah. So it. I. Um. As I normally do. (laughs) You know, I love being involved in the community. I love, um, just seeing, what's out there. You know what's going on, and if it's one thing I can tell everyone under the sun is stay curious. Stay curious throughout every episode of your life. Stay curious when you turn the mic off. Mm -hmm. Stay curious because. Curiosity is literally what creates new ideas and will open your eyes to so much. And so I was approached by a candidate for a mayoral candidate race in Houston, and he asked me to jump on and be one of his campaign managers. And I met him at a car wash. And he could tell immediately because he could tell that there was some political background there because he was just like, nobody asks me the questions that you were asking me. So he came up to me afterwards and he's like, I need some Hispanic representation. Like, it's really important. You know, it's Houston and you know what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, God, I wish I would have just shut up. You know, like, <laughs> as usual, I'm just like oversharing. But, um, you know, it was it was a great experience. I got to see the political landscape. I got my feet wet again in, in this industry. And it was a different perspective. It was just different experience altogether and I think it was good because it was like a chapter that I needed to close yeah. in my life all the way. And it was funny because, like, I closed that chapter. And for those of you who know, lobbying can be extremely lucrative if you work for the right companies or if you have the right contracts. And, you know, I closed the chapter. It's like November and I'm burnt out. Because at this point, at a full time job, I was running a campaign full time and I was podcasting and I was like, gonna drive myself. And I was also watching the Ravens play and I was part of that fan group in Houston that helps run like Sunday events. And I'm just like, oh my God. And I have a dog who, poor thing. Wow. You
0: you're yes. really <laughs> are a queen.
1: Yeah, multitasking to a queen. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if Nicole feels the same way about that, but (laughs) I told her, I was like, you're right, we have to start, like, being a little bit more focused Mm -hmm. because, obviously, you know, coming to this conference, it just levels up everything, you know. So so I I needed a Mm self-help, a a self-care break. And you'll see that with a lot of podcasters. That's why in this conference they tell you, like, it's best to do – sometimes seasons, because you will get burnt out. There are months where you're just like, oh my goodness, I can't stare at the screen. I can't listen to another piece of audio. I'm tired of hearing my voice over and over and over and over again. And um, oddly enough, with all the videos and all the audio that we got from this weekend, even just through um, Instagram, I listened to my voice notoriously like over and over and over again. And Nicole was like, are you literally watching yourself again and I was like it's not that I said you know I'm not classically trained or not classically trained I'm not trained in voice and diction for podcasting shut
0: up your voice is perfect I love listening to your podcast I'm like every time I listen to him I was like wow her voice is amazing I went I started communication I had a radio show back in Mexico City about film I was like she has a
1: radio voice, so please, no. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I think the funny thing is, is when they were um, interviewing me for, um, I think it's like Miami 305 or 305 TV earlier for Cinema Voz, the guy's like, how did you get into this? And I said, "I said, well, you know, podcasting is something new, but back in the day, I, I was an insomniac when right. I was really young. And when I was in college, I luckily had some friends that had a studio, that a radio studio, well, like a recording studio in general, and so there'd be some nights where I would be up for hours, and I'd get bored, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to the studio. Mm-hmm. So I'd go, and I'd watch them. And so, like, now these versions of GarageBand are, like, super easy compared to, oh, like, yeah. the stuff that they used to use as far as the computers back then. But, um, you know, it was then I was also doing, like, radio commercials because I would just get bored. And, you know, now that I know, I would should have been getting paid for those. Yeah. But, but – <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, that kind of helped a little bit in like, yeah, listening to my voice over and over again. So she thought it was hilarious. She's like, are you really listening to yourself again? And I said, you know, because of that, because I'm not trained in audio or radio or whatever, I listen to my voice over and over again to see what's improved, Mm -hmm. to see how the voice, the diction, how the pauses, all these things, like, am I able to communicate what I'm trying to say to the audience yeah Yeah, am I giving them a second to process what I just said so yeah that's that's kind of how it happened
0: so you were doing this, you were doing commercials did you discover the power of your voice back then or was it more like oh I'm just doing it for fun
1: yeah I was just doing it for fun as most things in life that end up becoming something extremely important for me I was just doing it for fun
0: wow Mm -hmm. and then so, let's talk about Latino podcasters. We did talk, like, mm-hmm. go over that in the beginning, why it was created, but how was it really... Nicole isn't here. Yeah. Originally, we were supposed to have all of us three here in yes, but can you share like what was that little push that yeah. made you both like, you know what, we have to do this?
1: Yeah, so I think I had the same exact feeling that you did at one point where I'm like, I, I feel alone. But at the same time, I was also trying to record an episode about toxic relationships, and I could not connect to a licensed therapist or PhD that was a Latina. I couldn't mm-hmm. find her. And I was like, on Facebook, I was going on to my sorority chat groups on Facebook, and I'm like, you guys, I need to find somebody who's a PhD because I want to tell the story, not just a toxic relationship story, but a culturally connected toxic relationship story. Mm-hmm. Because I want people to understand that there are toxic relationships, but there are also, um, the trauma is a little bit deeper sometimes in our community just because of all of the historic traumatic events that have happened to our communities throughout history. Um, and I think they play out now, yeah. you know, and the stresses of being here and, and trying to find cultural connection and being far away from your family at times. None of this is an excuse for you know, bad relationships or bad behavior, but I think in a space where we are trying to heal past traumas and move forward, I wanted to have somebody who understood what it was like to be here in that space. Yeah. And so I couldn't find her. And so I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe that I can't find one person. So I go online and I was like, there's gotta be like a Latina podcaster's directory or whatever. And to my surprise, there was nothing. And so I go on Instagram and I'm like, "Where are they? You know, like where yeah. where is everybody? I know they're out there. There's got to be somebody else. I'm not the only person out here podcasting." And so one thing led to another, and I like that day. I remember it's October the fourth. I launched Latina Podcasters um, on the Instagram page, Facebook page, and then I made a private group. Um, because I realized for some reason that private groups are where people actually communicate better versus in the public pages mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of how that happened and then literally like a month later um, Nicole and I I feel like life was just kind of getting ready to push us together yeah. so Nicole is actually um, my one of my best friend's fiance's and you know he kind of mentioned it but I think they were probably already talking about oh my god that was such a smart move like nobody had already connected community like we need to figure this out and so he's like you should probably talk to nicole and i'm like "Mm, yeah okay you're right like because i knew she was like her brand in general and who she is as a person it Mm -hmm. just is really cool and um you know we connected and i told her i was like look if i bring you on we're gonna do this together and you know we're gonna share the founding together like this is us together, because this community doesn't just, it doesn't just exist in one person. It exists in everyone. So Nicole's, oddly enough, Nicole is um, a third generation Latina. She's half Mexican and half Spaniard. And being part of the community now makes her feel so much more connected to a place that she wasn't before. And I think it's beautiful because it gives us a rounded out and solidified conversation that we can have with everyone Mm -hmm. if you're a latina who's listening to this who doesn't identify maybe this might empower you to do so because there are people who look like us and talk like us that sometimes have been afraid to not identify with us because of that particular reason
0: and in october of last year Mm -hmm. you both launched latina podcasters Mm -hmm. and i was one of the first followers and I immediately saw that growth that it's had
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the opportunities that have come across your way. You were invited to be part of Cinema Voice.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel like when you find your passion and your alignment and when you overshare the, that beauty of oversharing and p- p- other people connecting you with the right people to mm-hmm. start this, yeah. everything aligns.
1: So can you tell me about that about cinema voice? So that? yeah. Um so what you were what Brenda was talking about is um when I first start well we first started um, the Instagram page, I was highlighting a podcaster every single day, which it's hard. Yeah. I know oh now. And that was like thank God I brought you know, thank god Nicole and I agreed to do this together yeah. because she was like, You are gonna burn out in three seconds if you're like yeah. you know, doing this every day. And I was like, Yeah, but like I was like, it's natural collaborations, and people are just, like, connecting, and this is great. She's like, slow down. (laughs) She's like, let's do this once a week, and then we can, like, really kind of theme it out and stuff like that. And so one of the people that we connected with was Hilda Gore with Wise Traditions, or Tradiciones, um, I always forget. Sabios? Sabios, yeah. And so, um, you know... One of the things that we do now is if you're highlighted on Instagram, we let you go into the Facebook group for and, and talk to the community about the theme for the week. Um, one, it serves two purposes. Mm-hmm. One, obviously we want people to feel special about the fact that we are honoring them as the pot of the week. but the other thing is is that it brings visibility to the community to show your face to everybody else yes so you're not by yourself you're not alone and by the way i got an awesome podcast so you know there's you start to see all the different themes and then all of a sudden you see the cool collaborations amongst them and like you're i'm just like what is going on like it's so crazy you know because it's happening organically and so hilda came on and she's like rita you're on to something and we need to get you connected to the community and i'm like all right cool And so she reached out to Neil and told him about us, and then Neil wanted us to come on as a sponsor, and so we sponsored the first annual Cinema Vos, which is an international conference for podcasters and voiceovers. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, like, out of nowhere, you know, this... And that's one of the things, you know, I keep saying Mm -hmm. this, stay curious and just do it, because you have the power to control your own personal narrative. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, somebody else will. And that there's dangers that lie in other people controlling narratives that belong to you. And I think we've seen a good, yeah. you know, we, we continue to see this constantly. And I knew that with the landscape that we're in right now where, you know, unfortunately Latinos aren't always seen or Latinx people have not always been seen in the most positive light. I knew that that wasn't true, and I needed to prove it to myself, and I needed to prove it to everybody else too, because I was like, we are educated, we are, you know, podcasting, we're doing eight thousand things a day, you know, like we are doing everything that everyone else is doing too, and we need to be highlighted for that, and so Hilda agreed, and she was just like, yes, I think this is great, so she introduces me to Neil, and we come on, and here we are.
0: So if you can share with us. Mm-hmm. What this is the first event that you sponsored,
1: correct? Mm-hmm, yeah,
0: what have been those challenges as a podcasting group that you, Nicole, faced? You know, and that now for the second event that you sponsor, what would you do differently?
1: Yeah, I think because we're not financially backed yet by anyone, really, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all of this is coming from us. So, yeah. Nicole and I are doing all this stuff by ourselves um and we know that within less than five months we're already like oh my god we need to bring a team on because it's a lot there's Mm -hmm. a lot that goes into this it's not just like the instagram it's the doing the research and finding out who actually is because we are literally creating something that's not there um it's also um activating people to put their podcast on our registry Um, which we haven't actually physically launched out to the public yet, but it's there. You can find, I think we have like 20 podcasters that are on there already. Um, And it's a $15 submission. It's nothing huge, but we have to maintain the the actual registry. So the purpose of gathering data for anybody who works in these industries understands that the more data and the more information you Mm -hmm. have, the bigger opportunities you can find for other people. So if we don't have the data, there's nothing we can really prove other than analytics from social media. And that's not really true or based on who's podcasting. That's just showing that there are people who are interested in this. So we need to solidify that. I think that's extremely important. As far as sponsorships are concerned, I think because this is our first time, there's nothing that we've done wrong Mm -hmm. yet. Um, And I say yet loosely because We'll find out what happens from here. Yeah. Uh, we have had some great connections. You know, I have connections now with podcasters that are in other countries, which I'll be actually doing interviews with them in a bit. And I think what does what that does for the community is huge because instead of these people who are living in other countries blocking us out because we were an American-based, um, you know, group that started yeah. here, they're actually accepting us and bringing us in. And that was one of my biggest goals is because there's a, there's an opportunity for, at times, community to be very split of those that are here and those that are in another country. But through the podcast tool, we're able to connect and bridge that gap. And I think that that's something that's extremely important. And I'm really excited about it. So as of right now, nothing other than, you know, obviously gaining yeah. sponsorships so we can actually start giving money back to the community. and continuing to develop and grow the brand
0: is there an option for option for our listeners who may not be podcasters but want to help out
1: yeah absolutely if you're interested you can reach me at bautista.rita at gmail.com or rita at latinapodcasters.com we also have an inquiry section in on the website which is latinapodcasters.com and you can submit your email information or email us directly from the website Um, And we would be more than happy to talk about that. We're open to, as I mentioned, sponsorships. We do plan to host an event in the future um, because obviously, as you saw last night, uh, you know, centered around a conference, we had, for the first meetup ever, just a very informal meetup. We had almost 30 people that showed up.
0: And can I just say, like, thank you for that meetup because I really created meaningful connections and friendships last night and thank you for that because it was unplanned but you don't know the positive result that came from that so yeah
1: yeah it was like I know and and for all of those who are probably part of the Latina podcasters community they're probably like oh my god she started it here and then it was like I was gonna have this done and then it would came down and like I said those are all growing pains but none bad that to have at the beginning especially when you know you guys are coming away with something really positive I think it's mission accomplished
0: so I know it's still a baby, but in Elias I love for my guests to speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. What do you envision for Latino podcasters?
1: I envision a network where we are the basis for people to come and start their podcast through workshops or educational development. Mm-hmm. I want people to do it both in English and Spanish. I want to be the organization that empowers women to chart on iTunes. I want us to create a model that allows for more representation in our community. I want us to empower people who normally did not connect with the community but want to reconnect to reach out to us so that we can you know, embrace them with open arms. I want to host an event that is going to bring us all out and you know we're able to really be able mm-hmm. to continue to gain those relationships, but at the same time figure out how to work strategically to continue to develop the community.
0: Amazing. And I really love to end every episode by asking my guest, knowing your journey mm-hmm. you know, and what you went through and those obstacles, those highlights, those biggest wins and those passions that you discovered along the way, We had the opportunity to travel back in time, whatever age you were. Mm. It might be yesterday, might have been when you were five or Mm -hmm. 19. What would you say to Rita?
1: So it's really funny, about two weeks ago, somebody sent, my cousin sent me a picture of myself at five years old, and I started crying, because I think it's always that space where you're like, it's that little, like, the little girl inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it was just because she was so young and so innocent and, like, didn't really know where life was going to take her, but, oh, man, I don't know, it makes me emotional to think about it, but, like, you know, a part of me wanted to just, like, embrace her and tell her that no matter what happens, everything's going to work out, and you'll figure it out, even if the journey's going to be really long to get there, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think our listener, you know, our our Latina can take advice from that, and it may be long, but... She's gonna discover what she loves and she's gonna achieve that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So thank you, Rita. Thank you for this wonderful episode. I'm really happy to begin this new year of A Yes with you. And thank you for listening to A Yes. But where can people follow you and listen to yeah. podcasters?
1: So you can follow me at uh, on Instagram at Rita E Bautista, R-I-T-A-E-Bautista, B-A-U-T-I-S-T-A. B-A-U-T-I-S-T-A. You can follow or find my podcast. It's called um, Empowerment and All That. It's your favorite podcast for women's empowerment. I'm on iTunes and all major streaming, um, and you can follow the podcast um, at at Empowerment and All That. Amazing. <laughs> and then uh, and for Latina podcasters, obviously, mm-hmm. you can find us on the website latinapodcasters.com. com. We're on Facebook as Latina Podcasters and Instagram as Latina Podcasters as well.
0: Cool. So you know follow her please and if you want to donate and help this resource because it's definitely needed as a podcaster myself it's amazing to have this support and this connection and if you want to follow them please follow them and support again thank you for listening to this episode if you can listen to a new episode in two weeks please follow yes at Instagram at AS the podcast, that is E double L AS the podcast. Email me your story if you want to be a guest here on AS at AS the podcast at gmail.com, that is E double l a s the podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again, and I'll see you in two weeks. Adios. If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. is hey, yes, produced... Hosted and edited by me, Brenda hernandez Jaimez, And thank you to Shro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusicarchive.org or listen to him on Spotify. YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. The transition song was Enjoying the Loop by Tomás Skaldeberg, and Rita's theme song was The Lostful Ones by Chalalata on Epidemic Sound. And remember, this is a yes.